We go through our lives not exactly being the people we want to be. Instead, we become a figment of what others want us to be. And that's got to stop. Welcome to Rediscovering the Magic of Being with your host, Marja. Realize the gifts and capacities that are within you and start living the life that you deserve to live. Now, here's Marja. Welcome. It's so great having you all here today. You're listening to Rediscovering the Magic of Being. I'm your host, Marja. Make sure to go to marjarr.com. You may email me at radio at marjarr.com. Contact me on Facebook at Resonance Repatterning with Marja. Our guest today is Kathy Hacking. Her website is kathysdragons.com, and you may email her at kathyhacking at gmail.com. Our topic today is, are you playing the leading role in your life? Have you ever really considered this question? And if you're not playing the leading role in your life, who are, who is? Because uh, we find that we often surrender the leading role based on others' assumptions and teachings that they know the role that we're supposed to play. What would you have to add to that, Kathy? Oh, it's a really just common thing. Um, we start out with our upbringing, of course, uh, being taught to be the child. Yes. And depending how many siblings are in a family, you know, are you an older child or a younger child, it can be really difficult to even realize how much of your personality has been shaped by your upbringing. Yes. And it really, it does get shaped by your upbringing and also uh, the role that you play in the family based on, like, do you have siblings? What role do you play? Um, and it it's especially seems that certain people get put in charge and get the responsibility of everybody else in a family oftentimes. And that can lead them to a role of maybe thinking they're supposed to be in charge when maybe they really don't want to be. And they haven't even noticed that they don't have to be, that there are other possibilities. Yeah, that's the important part is they they don't ever question that because that they just take over and that's their role. So I would invite our listeners to think about what roles they're playing that they've never questioned and are they roles they really want to play. Hmm. Um, I have four younger brothers, and so I certainly grew up with a bunch of caretaking jobs, you know, help them uh-huh. <laughs> get their chores done, help them do their homework. Um, and yeah, there was a long while there when I struggled with, can I really leave? Can I graduate and go to college? Because who would look after my brothers? Um, because I had so wholeheartedly taken it on as my job to tend them. Um, it was really torn about that. Yeah, that would be a difficult thing. What are some of the things that, or things that you've done to notice those roles that you were in or have been in and continued clear into adulthood? What are some of the things that you've, you've used to change those? Well, a long while ago, when I first went to college, I sought out counseling Um, I realized that I was having, you know, an emotional argument with myself and just having another person to talk to, uh, to express those things out loud is amazing. You know, getting it into sentences and then you can hear what it is you had to say and go, oh, is that really true? Um, And, you know, having someone from the outside perspective ask another question of you, like, 
well, you know, are your ba- brothers still babies or have they grown up and are they capable of doing some things for themselves now? I'm like, oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. Because I know counseling and therapy really help, has helped me on my path too. Because when you get really good ones, uh, they give you tools and questions and things that help help you grow. Yeah. You know? So what else? Well, I... I was always a natural counselor for other people. Um, it's been really easy to be the listener and do that little bit of questioning to help people along their way. Um, so later in my life, after I'd had my first child, um, I went looking at all of that again, um, both for my own sanity, for my own uh changing of my life, but also to be a support for other people in a more healthy way. Um, I did a lot of at-my-own-expense kind of stuff as a youth, and that didn't go so well in the long run to keep overgiving and overextending myself. Um, There was a point when I realized I needed to be able to not answer the phone to be able to say no when someone said, hey, can you do this for me? Hey, can you do this and this and this and this for me? And by tomorrow morning, (laughs) that I um, actually now I can look back and appreciate. There were a couple people in my life that were really um, asking too much of me, and they pushed me to my limits because I let them. And it was that uh, exhaustion point that made me really stop and say, you know what, this doesn't work for me. And this sort of relationship is not healthy. What else can I do? And at that point, you know, it took cold turkey, not being in contact with them, and then realizing, noticing when I started to cultivate those relationships with new people, uh, the overgiving and under asking. <laughs> So it's been a process over the years. Um, I certainly really loved resonance repatterning. That was one of the first things that really just changed what was going on for me. And I didn't have to specifically know what the root was going into the session. And then afterwards, I didn't have a lot of upkeep, a lot of, you know, willing myself into the new pattern. It was just changed. Because that's one of the things I love about that process, too, is it's so easy and simple, and it creates such shifts in people's lives, because when they can shift their resonance with uh, an issue or something that has come up, it changes the whole way that their life shows up for them, and just kind of, I'm still in awe of the shifts that it can create in other people's lives, and in my own. I've used it, too, and it is. Uh, as long, <clears throat> excuse me, as long as your your system is ready to to go to something, you can change it and shift it. And the other thing that I love about resonance repatterning, and I think this is something you do too, is it's all, all not just necessarily about resonance repatterning. Sometimes people get positive actions to really complete their shifts, which can lead them to discover different modalities, different things that their system likes. And when I'm talking about systems, I, I use 
that term for mind, body, and spirit, it's it's things that can they can change in the moment. They give us more tools. It's not just about always having a resonance repatterning session. It's about oh, this also is something that my system likes and responds well to. Haven't you found that? Oh yes, um, and over the years I've um, collected some of those tools. Um, one of them for me is tapping, emotional freedom technique, um, and also sound and light. I now have uh, some color filter lenses and tuning forks so that, yes, when I'm feeling out of sorts, I have the know-how to pull myself back to myself um, to have some clarity and make a choice, um, not be in the emotional, just triggered response. Yes. And th- that, to me, is one of the most helpful things about anything that you do. Whether y- you work with a therapist who gives you tools and you find that those really work for you and, and change things in the moment, no matter what you choose to to do to help you um change your life or break out of old patterns, there's always more things to explore. So the other thing that we're taught as far as we're taught often when that we need to work hard and show up for everybody else, especially it seems women. I'm not saying men don't get this teaching sometimes too, but especially women. Uh, what, what are some of the ways that you've, been able to shift that point of view for yourself? Goodness, I would say that my body forced the change. Um, There was definitely a long period of my life when I did not feel in control of anything, everything, and I felt just obligated Mm -hmm. to, to be what everybody else expected me to be. And, you know, every time someone said, oh, you're such an angel, and, you know, thank you for that, it kind of put me further and further into that tiny box of being everyone else's angel and, you know, saving grace, last minute, you know, Kathy will pull it together and make it happen. And my body didn't cooperate. Partially, maybe mostly because um, one of the things that I got into for trying to feel like I was in control of anything was anorexia, that I could not eat and I could uh, suffer myself, you know, as long as I could go and feel like I had some control over something. And so later when (laughs) I was underweight and anemic and uh, very dehydrated, um, I became physically incapable of showing up and being there and, you know, doing full-time school and two part-time jobs. And there again, you know, at the time it was just miserable. But looking back, I really appreciate that my body didn't just keep somehow doing it, you know, as long as it was over a year of that pattern for me in college that I'm amazed worked that long (laughs) of depleting my resources and not sleeping much. And it, it made me look around. It made me wake up and realize, you know, what am I doing to myself and what other possibility is there here if I'm not going to be the miserable 
um, version of myself that I've backed into this corner with. And it, yeah, made me look for resources, made me look for possibilities and choices. So... Yeah, is that when you got involved uh, and started counseling also? Because you said that was in college too? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I find counseling and therapy, that's been one of uh, the most helpful things to me as far as introducing me to no, new concepts early on. And because I was lucky enough to have some really good therapists that gave me tools. In fact, uh, the tools that they gave me and that I learned from them, I still use. Have you found that true too? Uh, yes. Over the years, um, a lot of what I have collected has given me the clarity to pull myself back and then to be available so that when I recognize someone else going through something, I can offer them the tools that I have found to work. Um, the tapping has been repeatedly amazing um I think particularly because it's with you wherever you are so you know if it's two in the morning and you wake up freaking out about something I I did that for many years too having uh, nightmares and panic attacks and severe arachnophobia that tapping was something I could do for myself to walk myself talk myself through the thing until my body calmed down um and then you know I still like to go have an appointment with somebody but I wasn't ever calling anybody in the middle of the night (laughs) well that's what I like about learning these tools is you may still need to make an appointment to go see somebody or feel like it's required for you to um see a therapist go see somebody who does different modalities whichever one feels right for you Mm-hmm. on that but you're absolutely right a lot of things happen when it's really not practical and nobody really wants to hear from you so yeah. I have to say that EFT and tapping has been a really uh, good one for me too because you can you can do it in the moment you can do it um, where you're not reaching out at two or three o'clock in the morning or mm-hmm. you're not reaching out at a time when uh, the people aren't even at work. You know? yeah. <laughs> or even your friend. I mean, even your friend to, to maybe call and talk to doesn't necessarily want to hear from you when they're sleeping. <laughs> mm-hmm. So EFT, uh, you can find some uh, instructions for that on Kathy's website, kathysdragons.com. Then she's got some really good written instructions, and I believe you still have a video up, don't you? Yes. Yes. Because uh, emotional freedom technique and meridian tapping really are some of the basic go-to resources. Um, and that's why it's on my website is because I was telling people over and over and over again, hey, try this thing called tapping. It might change your life. Um, and I realized, you know, there's got to be a willingness there. Uh, that if you're curious at all about what could change and you're willing to try it out on a topic, then it can work for you. But if you won't tap, um, <laughs> it's kind of hard to have the results if you won't give it a try. The arachnophobia example, uh, I did several rounds of tapping on different days as different things came up. And it still took a little while, you know, to go from severe, you know, sitting in the corner holding my breaths 
pale white because there was a little tiny thing on the wall on the other side of the room uh, to where uh, I still don't like them, but I don't freeze. I'm not paralyzed. In fact, I uh, had an experience the other day driving in the car where a little spider decided to come down from the ceiling about half an inch in front of my face and it was jarring (laughs) unexpected and I did you know in the first moment of that swerve away from it (laughs) and but I I recovered myself and I stayed in my lane and uh, got a tissue and smushed it and put it in the garbage bag and you know then I apologized to my kids in the back about swerving and changing speeds and they said what so you know as big a thing as that was for me (laughs) in that moment of being surprised by the spider and dealing with it they didn't even notice so I could have you know years ago had a car accident just for the panic and the not being able to breathe or think uh because of a tiny little spider in my face (laughs) yeah oh just even bringing that up what I would really also invite people for is give yourself credit for what you how far you have come on whatever it is because even if you still have a reaction like Kathy still had the reaction where it was jarring and it surprised her and she swerved it uh it wasn't the the total panic and Mm -hmm. you, you Oftentimes we forget how far we've come, so we have a tendency to pick up on ourselves and kind of stop ourselves from going any further because we're looking at more at what we still do instead of what we can do. So in the next segment, I I know that we will be talking more about uh, what does it mean to start being a star in your own life and how can you choose that however we're coming up on break right now so we'll see you on the other side of two minutes Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's time to eradicate barriers that are holding you back in your relationships and your life. Start by embracing the concept of laughing loudly and loving deeply. Coincidentally, that's the name of a highly anticipated new show featuring host Dr. Faith Brown. She'll talk with life experts or life spurts in order to help you develop your own vision plan for better relationships and experiencing the ultimate enjoyment in life. Laughing Loudly, Loving Deeply with Dr. Faith can be heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Inspired, encouraged, and connected on our lively, award-winning, healthy living power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are with host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. Can you think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. 
Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning into the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within, but many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Rediscovering the Magic of Being with Marja. To reach the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Now, back to Rediscovering the Magic of Being. And we're back. Uh, we're going to do this segment on what if what if you don't know what you really want to be in your life. Uh, what helped you start to realize who you really wanted to be, Kathy? Mm, a lot of that for me came with having my first child, that as she was growing, um, I got to see what a normal childhood might look like. Uh, over and over again, there were things that I saw discrepancy with uh, as far as what had been my experience and what I wanted to provide for her. And looking at that was, again, you know, an upsetting kind of a thing. And part of what kept me seeking change was, you know, realizing maybe maybe things could be different and maybe things ought to have been different. And now what? Now what am I going to choose for her, but also for myself? And as she, you know, expressed desire and interest for finding out things, I would go too. And we spent a lot of time at the library, uh, a lot of arts and crafts and videos of things to, to explore the world together. And um, I really appreciate, you know, that she was a curious child and uh, intelligent and, you know, willing to read books and go all over the place with me. And also, I took a job um, here locally, Valley Mental Health. Uh, I worked at a girls' open residential place. And working there with those teens who had you know, different backgrounds and reasons why they had been assigned to <laughs> the common uh, government facility really showed me again, you know, aspects of myself and choices that I had made and having conversations with them around what is actually possible with your life. You know, we've got written here on your file, what's your past? What's the causal reality for why you're here? And what's likely to happen if you continue, you know, hanging out with the people you've been hanging out with? What would you actually like? Um, there was one young lady in particular that uh, was there a lot longer than many of the other girls. And they didn't all move on happily. Some of them regressed and, you know, went to a lockdown. Um, and so I showed her a picture one day. I said, what do you see here? And she's, oh, happy, you know, and uh, reminiscing about the past. And I said, I see 
you know, five people that are not here anymore and you are, what's going on? You know, what have you made significant about the safety of this program that you are choosing to make just enough progress so you can stay, but not enough progress so that you can graduate and move on? And it, it was an eye-opener for me, too. Where was I choosing... Um, a holding pattern, uh, just good enough to get by, and, you know, the sufficiency of it all. Yes. And I think that's what we all do, because we get very comfortable in those holding patterns and don't even realize that we are. And another thing that I think happens a lot is people keep reaffirming that we need to be in those holding patterns. Haven't you found this to be... Uh, True in your life? Uh, yes. The hanging out with the people you hang out with, they're likely to ask you the same questions and encourage you in the same directions as they have every time in the past. And it has been a really fascinating struggle to try to have new conversations with some of the old people in my life. <laughs> that, you know, as I am expanding my reality, uh, studying new things and, you know, taking classes and traveling and asking questions about, okay, now what am I ready for? Uh, what can I choose now? What would I like to choose? Uh, there's actually a lot of value in imagining and trying on a daydream about, okay, what would life be like? What would I do if I was presented with, you know, a plane ticket to Thailand or something? Uh, and, you know, Will you let yourself go and enjoy that? And what would have to change in your reality so that you could do the things that you would like to do? Um, I had a friend that was always telling me how much she'd love to go visit where she used to live. And I finally said, hang on, that's not very far away. When can this be done? And let's do it. And I, <laughs> I took her to do it. Um, and it was some of it motivated from the frustration of hearing about that wish over and over and over again. Um, but, you know, the reality of it's your life and you are the one that can change it. Yes. I think that's a holdover from childhood and elementary school also, where we were having so much training to, you know, raise your hand and ask for permission and, and be patient, and it's not time yet, and, you know, <laughs> I have been hearing myself tell that to my kids, it's like, oh, it's not on the schedule, and it doesn't fit, and we have to go do all these other things, and to, you know, like, okay, truth, <laughs> could we stop for 10 minutes and let them run around at the park? How vital is it that we get on to our next activity? And, you know, there again, my kids have been a catalyst for changing my reality because they ask questions all day long. <laughs> yes. That's one of the, the great things of it. I had my guest last week with Bubba. He's, he was talking about how questions are so valuable and that between, I think he said the ages of four and seven, um, the kids ask like 428 questions a day, you know, <laughs> and then they stop because they get trained that they're supposed to have the answer, not the questions. But I found the questions help more than interesting. I mean, more than anything um, mm -hmm. in that 
it, it stops you for a moment if you go, oh, either, you know, is that really true? Or, oh, could something else happen here? In, any question, to some degree, helps shift uh, your point of view. So it's... Um, I really appreciate uh, Access Consciousness for a lot of those questions. Oh, me too. And they have a whole group, Access Parenting, and a lot of resources. Uh, one of the books, Would You Teach a Fish to Climb a Tree, was really another eye-opening thing for me. Not just to realize, you know, my own upbringing, how many uh, places I had been uh, pushed into pursuing something that I didn't necessarily want, but someone else decided it would be good for me. <laughs> yes. Versus now with my children, yeah, I ask them more questions. And instead of assuming I know what's the best way for them, we have a discussion. And, you know, I'm frequently telling them, okay, here's, you know, what I think about this. And, you know, I'm inclined to do this and this and this because of what I think I know about that, you know, what do you think? And um, so even if we don't change the choice, as far as you do still have to go to school today, we've had the conversation and they understand my reasoning. And I, I believe I'm teaching them to be able to think, able to reason things out and be practical, pragmatic, and to be patient and kind, you know, to have the conversation and value all the points of view. Um, and so, you know, I heard my son say something the other day and I, I stopped to tell him, wow, I didn't know that. That actually will help me make different decisions later because I know now that that's valuable to you. Yes. And, and that's the thing. Uh, it also is when you're talking to other people, like when you are trying to change something, they're trying to keep you in the same old thing. Uh, one of the important things with bringing up access consciousness, I love the tools of access consciousness. Um, is it on Dane's website that you can sign up for Tour of Consciousness? Yeah. Which are these sh short little videos, maybe two to three minutes that give you a lot of tools on that. So it's drdanehair.com and you can sign up for that. It's free. But one of the tools is interesting point of view. You remember that whenever you, even you say something, that it's just a point of view. But we buy in. Part of what stops us from being the star in our own life is we buy into others' uh judgments or thoughts on who we're supposed to be when really that's just an interesting point of view they're not you it's like if Kathy is trying to tell her child to do something instead of listening to to them um, she might find out her points of view changes well it locks you into a struggle and anytime right. you've made them right and you wrong or you right and them wrong you locked into that duality and that back and forth versus you know what interesting point of view and to start with that's easier to apply to other people oh interesting point of view you have that point of view uh, right. especially when the, you know they're telling you you need to stay home and do this and this and this and you know you shouldn't do that because um well you're a woman uh, <laughs> <laughs> I always love that one <laughs> uh, I went to attend a funeral a while ago and I drove by myself 
to be there because it was important for me to be there. And my dad looked around and said, where's your husband? And I said, he's probably at work. (laughs) 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 But he was stunned that I had made the trip driving on my own. And it was an interesting point of view. But what I found for using that tool, you know, to help me not just jump into, you know, an argument with somebody about, okay, interesting point of view, you have this point of view, I'm sure you have valid reasons for why that's your worldview, and why you're projecting it in my direction, that I'm getting to where I start with actually interesting point of view. I have this point of view about my life and my reality. An interesting point of view. I just decided that, well, I have to do this and this and this and this and this and this before I could ever possibly do that. Like, really interesting point of view. Is is it really true? Do all of those things uh, have to be prerequisites? Or can any of those be uh, reassigned, deleted, delegated? (laughs) Um, because they were based on a past reality. They were based on something yesterday when I put it on my calendar. So the interesting point of view, you have this point of view, interesting point of view, they have this point of view, interesting point of view, I have this point of view, flipping it over and over, around and around, releases the emotional, you know, the energetic charge on it, but it gives me a second to be present with what I actually think, how I'm actually feeling, and do I choose to continue along that pathway? A little bit like uh, checking the GPS. You know, what road am I on? Do I want mm-hmm. to go to this destination still? Yes. I find that the other thing I like about interesting point of view, when you can use that, it, even if it's just in your head when you're thinking it yeah. or whatever, <laughs> is it stops the energy from being so locked up in it. Or like if you are thinking that when you're talking to somebody else, it's like it shifts the energy, whether the other person realizes or or not, because you're not locking them into place. When when you push against somebody or you argue with somebody, you're actually really creating the energy that that keeps it going on that. Where when you go interesting point of view and really realize it's just a point of view, it's like it frees it up. Like what, what other point of view could there be? And, and it helps you drop yeah. your barriers. Yes. And would you like to talk about that a little bit? Well, you were saying uh, when you go into reaction and response, you put up an, a wall, um, something that you are defending or, you know, trying to push on them, <laughs> vice versa too. And when you breathe and do interesting point of view, you relax into yourself you are much more likely to be physically, mentally, and emotionally having barriers down uh, in that space of open to a communication, open to entertaining, you know, hearing what they actually have to say. And almost immediately, you know, the same way they were triggered to put up walls, they can fall over into, oh, we're not fighting, okay, and let their barriers fall too. And that's actually a really fun game I like (laughs) is to not just put my barriers down, but see how far down, you know, can I lower them three feet into the ground um, so that, you know, magnetically or whatever, it demonstrates and shows them 
for their fields. Did you realize your barriers could come down, not just down to around your ankles, but all the way down further? And it takes, you know, choosing and some vulnerability. Uh, because, yeah, um, somebody could choose to still have an argument with you. And I'm, I'm less likely to pick up the other side of it. Yeah, that's what I have found with interesting point of view. It takes away that um, emotional charge and that immediate wanting to respond. And it does put you more into a listening and receptive mode when you're able to gauge that. And most of the time, it really does invite the other person. And the other person, whether they realize it or not, shifts more into that. So that's kind of a cool side effect of it is that you're not really doing it to them, but when you're willing to be in that space of interesting point of view and not stepping into the argument, it's an invitation for them to respond differently to you. And that's what I like about that tool a lot. So anyway, it looks like we're gonna be coming up on a break right now and we'll see you on the other side of two minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions, some common sense, Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work-life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Red's. Says, Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are 
are tuned in to Rediscovering the Magic of Being with Marja. To reach the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Now, back to Rediscovering the Magic of Being. Yes, we're back. And in this final segment... Uh, one of the things that I would like to touch on is how how one can recognize that you're basing your life based on what other people have told you. Uh, what were some of the things that helped you start to realize that um, you were basing your life as an adult based on what other people had told you you were supposed to be, Kathy? I would say exhaustion and burnout are the really <laughs> top of the list. Uh, that if you first thing in the morning don't want to be where you are and you don't want to do what you have to do, that's a pretty good red flag for, you know, running something based on an obligation. Um, and that doesn't mean that you go quit your job. It means, you know, look at it, ask questions. Uh, why has this become a chore and something you dread doing versus, you know, what could I enjoy about this? What could I change, even if it's just how I am being, that would give me a different experience of my day? Um, there was a point, you know, when I quit working for Valley Mental Health because I was uh, entraining to the frequency of the people that were there, which was not a very happy, it was a very frustrated energy. And, you know, they had been court-ordered to <laughs> be in that place. And so, you know, as an employee, it was very difficult to keep my mood not <laughs> down in the mud with everybody else. And I decided to leave, that that was the, the healthy choice for me at that point, and I really went out and pursued many other things, uh, quantum touch, emotional freedom technique, neuro-linguistic programming, and theta healing, <laughs> just on and on. But I was looking for what was a resonant match for me, what was joyful, what was exciting. And, you know, when I share it with other people, was there joy in my voice? Am I happy to have someone want to book me for a session? And, you know, even with uh, massage therapy over the years, uh, there's been times when I was not congruent with what I was offering or the location I was working at. And I didn't want to tell anybody to come see me. And I was like, wow, really? <laughs> Okay, cool. Why am I doing this? Oh, you know, I feel like I have to, or I feel like I should. And, you know, at that particular point, uh, my daughter was learning to ride her bike. And so I was getting pictures of her out learning to ride her bike, but I wasn't there. And so I had really gotten to where I was resenting my job. And like, wow, okay, cool. It's actually more valuable for me to reassess my reality and my budget and my choices and choose to be with my daughter so you know the but noticing is the first piece of that yeah um, I really like what you said about noticing how do you feel about it uh, mm -hmm. really ask yourself how you feel I know a therapist here a few years back asked me that question it was the first time I'd ever been been asked that question they I could tell him how everybody else felt but when he 
asked me how I felt, I couldn't tell him. Yeah, so, journaling, uh, writing yes. things out is another way to get to that. If you don't feel like you have someone you can confide in or you don't feel like you can afford going to see someone professional, yes. assigning time, you know, making an appointment and showing up for yourself with yourself and a piece of paper <laughs> Um, and then even like tearing it up and burning it can be very therapeutic uh, to get things expressed. Oh, yes. And, and to just start really getting in touch. I mean, if it, if, there's another tool in Access that we've talked about before on this show called Does It Feel Heavy or Light? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, if it feels light when you think about choosing it, then that's going to be something that's going to be more likely to create more for you and maybe even help you get in touch with having it feel good if it feels heavy take another question and just to say is it because I think I have to do it because you said a couple of really important things I should do that I have to do it mm-hmm. you know and when you hear yourself say that ask yourself is that really true because oftentimes that's what we've been told by other people and it's not really true sure there's certain things we need to or we we need to do in our daily lives However, the interesting point of view tool works wonders with that because as you go back and forth with something that's sticking you, that feels, you know, contracted, heavy, uh, makes you sick to your stomach or, you know, your head gets hurting or you're immediately tired every time you try to talk about that topic, sometimes there's a lie in there. So, you know, the interesting point of view and, you know, is this really true and truth? What's the lie here? Um, because sometimes, you know, we made an assumption. We, uh, we thought that part of going to the job was sitting in your cubicle and slumping your shoulders and taking shallow breaths. And like, well, just that's what everyone else is doing. What if I could sit up and I could take deep breaths and, you know, put pretty pictures around me and play nice music in my ear <laughs> <laughs> and change the quality of my life, my environment? Yes. And, and it can be as simple as that. There's all sorts of things that if you can just look around, what would you choose to do a little different? Mm-hmm. Start, start asking yourself questions like, uh, would I choose to have this room a little brighter? It can just be really little things. And, or do I choose something really nice to listen to? Or what would really help me in this moment? And most of it all, I think to really help people discover stuff, start asking questions Mm -hmm. uh, about everything. I love, what are you looking forward to? Oh, I love that question because you ask me that all the time. That really helps to focus people on what they really do want, are looking forward to, and then creating more of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to think of it like the GPS, that if you know that there's a city dump and you don't like the city dump and you talk about the city dump, your GPS is probably going to take you over near the city dump. (laughs) (laughs) Versus, you know, asking your brain, asking your body, asking your reality, what am I looking forward to? And the yes, thank you more, please, has been an amazing tool also that, you know, even when I see a pretty car go by, oh, yes, thank you, more, please, I will have more of that energy in my life, in my reality. And just, you know, the appreciation and gratitude is a great frequency 
and it helps me have more of that in my life when I'm willing to just, you know, see the world around me and appreciate what's being provided to me, even just, you know, visually and texturally. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the thing that it also helps there is it does help you step into more of who you want to be because you're noticing who, what you appreciate. Mm-hmm. What do you and, really like? What lights a fire for you? And you that know? really is different for every person. Yes. And yeah, because uh, that's where when we fall into what other people's definitions of who we are or play the role, you're oftentimes going by their definition or who knows, maybe somebody who taught them that was the definition. But the important part is, is you're not going by your own knowingness of who you really are at the core of you. And because you're responding to this is the way I need to be anytime that again, you think I should do this or I have to do this or I need to do this. Ask yourself, is is any of those statements really true? And most of the time they're not really true. Sometimes they are, but most of the time they're not. Or they used to be true. That's a great distinction for me. Also, what am I ready for now? Uh, I think I first heard it from Dane here about, you know, moving the Titanic (laughs) or get off the Titanic. Um, Realize that you've taken years and years to get to where you are and your course corrections really can be one or 2% at a time. What can I choose right now that is sustainable? What can I institute in my reality that, you know, is within reasonable reach so that I am likely to keep choosing it? If we make something really uncomfortable and, you know, try to cold turkey drop this and jump to the next thing and uh, pretend like that's what (laughs) is true for us. Usually you're not congruent with the massive overhaul and you do things to sabotage. You do things to undermine and take yourself out of that space, not because you can't have it, but because you're not willing, you know, you didn't do the emotional work, the energetic moving of things to get really actually into harmony with that. And so, you know, take a breath. What makes you smile? Um, A lot of people look at pictures of kittens and puppies and (laughs) that is valuable as silly as that seems. Spending more and more time smiling and laughing Uh, tells your body that you are safe and helps your physiology to relax. And from a relaxed space, you are more likely to have access to the higher functioning of your brain. Yes, that's really true. Because when you're not relaxed, you're caught up in survival mode, is what I have found true for me. Mm -hmm. Is when I am tense or I am pushing, pushing, pushing to do something, I am definitely not uh, connected to what else is around me. I get tunnel vision. Mm -hmm. And when I start making a choice to what could I do differently or how could this be done with ease, I I like to ask that question sometimes or what would it take to have this show up in in an easy way? Yeah. And you leave. uh, one of the important things about asking questions is 
do not try to answer them because the answer locks up the energy. Okay. And mm -hmm. so you need to make sure that you leave them very open-ended so that the answer can show up magically. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add before we close, Kathy? Uh, actually, the variation for that that you shared with me was to say, I wonder how this could work. Yes. And that wondering space, uh, daydreaming and then letting it go. Mm -hmm. is part of that willingness and, and really getting used to the willingness. I Maybe I don't know, and maybe it's okay that I don't know. I'm willing to find out. Yes. I wonder is what I actually learned from a teacher of mine, Sonia Choquette. And I love playing with that question because that, that puts you into um, a very receptive mode as far as what, what can show up in your life. And then, anything you can do energetically helps. What? Oh, and then keep going. Yes. Yeah, it's a, a thing to continually choose and keep checking in. You know, who are you being? How old are you being? When are you being? And, you know, would you like to choose something else? Okay, cool. I noticed that I did this thing today. Moving on, you know, in the next 10 seconds, I can choose again. Who am I now? And what would it take? You know, do I need to dress differently? Do I need to sit differently um, so that I can, you know, breathe more deeply? And <laughs> it all adds up. Yes, be more connected to your body. Well, I wish we could continue on this discussion. I know there's a lot of things that we could add there, but it's time to wrap it up. And thank you for listening to Rediscovering the Magic of Being. Our guest today has been Kathy Hacking. I'm your host, Marja. Make sure to go to marjarr.com, and you can find out more information on resonance repatterning there. Um, you may email me at radio at marjarr.com. Contact me on Facebook at Resonance Repatterning with Marja, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Rediscovering the Magic of Being. Please join your host, Marja, again next Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time and 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, start to live the life that you've always deserved to live.